Matthew 25. Thank you, Lord. It's, I know some things in here that the Lord is going to bless us. Uh, bless us with. We need. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse number one, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch is now the exclamation and conclusion of this parable. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Father, we just thank you and bless you right now for the word of God that is already blessed. We give you glory that you would speak a mystery that would make us a mystery. Oh, Lord God, and anoint us as men and women of God that can, can be ushers of the kingdom of heaven in earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, thy kingdom coming with the gates. And so, so we glorify you for what's said and done even on this evening. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. All of God's people said amen. Amen. You may be, be seated in the house of God. Verse number one reads again, and I'm going to try to teach this tonight. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. I, I want to start by making a very, very important point about this parable. The parable of the five wise and five foolish virgins is not about getting into heaven. This parable is about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven isn't in, isn't in heaven. The kingdom of heaven is on earth. This parable is not about uh, going to heaven once we die. We, we must understand that it's about releasing heaven on earth by an extreme love for Jesus that's with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. The kingdom is the will of the Father on earth as it is in heaven. The means of releasing that kingdom is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. In other words, you can't love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength without releasing the will of the Father in earth as it is in heaven. It is now from which it is the platform, that passion is the platform from which that influence of the kingdom is launched. And so now the kingdom of heaven isn't established by people. Uh, this is um, one point that I want to make. 
Um, because if that be the case, then we must say the kingdom of heaven is not established by people who focus on not sinning, but those who live their lives to meet the bridegroom. The kingdom of heaven is like unto five foolish and five wise virgins that took their lamps and went out, what, to meet the bridegroom. In heaven, everybody say in heaven. The, the angels are not focused on telling one another, you got to live right. Come on, you got to make it in. Come on, you, you, you got to make sure you dot all your I's and cross all of your T's. You, you, you got to do what the Lord tells you to do. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The earth is full of his glory. You know why we're saying the earth is full of tornadoes? Guess what heaven is saying? The earth is full of his glory. You know why we're saying the earth is full of perversion? Guess what heaven is saying? The earth is full of his glory. You know why we're saying why the earth is full of, of sin? God, heaven is saying the earth is full of his glory. They're meeting with the king who was perfectly right, which makes telling them not to do wrong unnecessary. When you're meeting with the God that's perfect in beauty, that's perfectly right, nobody, it's unnecessary to tell you not to do something that would offend the one who is perfectly right. See, what 100 rules can't do, one meeting can. I'm going to say that again. We are to go out and meet the bridegroom. Why? Because what 100 rules cannot do, one meeting can. There are 39 chapters of the Bible that prove that rules cannot deliver a person. See, what we got to understand is there was a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years. Glory be to God. And she knew all the rules and none of the rules could now deal with her issue but one meeting with the king. My God, and the issue drew up. There was a man born blind from birth. He is now a grown man. He knew all of the rules of the synagogue, and none of those rules could open his eyes. But one meeting with the king, and he sent to a pool called Silioam, and his eyes were open. There was a man who was dishonest, lived his whole life dishonestly, crookedly, taking advantage of his own people and didn't care who knew he was crooked. His name was Zacchaeus. And nothing could change this hell-bent man from the way that he lived. But one meeting with the king and the king told him to come down from the tree and he repents of every sin and he gives back everything that he's ever stolen based off of one meeting. Knowing the rules is necessary but the kingdom is in a Established by teaching the rules, but by meeting with the king. The kingdom of heaven is like five wise and five foolish virgins that go out to meet. Go out to meet the bridegroom. The people who know the rules are not going to establish the kingdom. The, the people who know how to meet the king are going to establish the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So, so watch this. I'm going to read this again. 
Matthew 25, verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and which forth to meet the bridegroom. The kingdom of heaven is parallel to the act of a virgin bride going out to meet her bridegroom. Her motive is love. Glory be to God. The kingdom of God is like ten virgins. They have never given themselves to anybody else, and now it's time for them to give themselves to the bridegroom. The kingdom of heaven is established by people who are not motivated to seek God as provider, not motivated to seek God as blesser, not way maker, not healer, but he's my husband. He's my bridegroom. It is a passion. It is a love. It is an intimacy that one must be motivated by in order to now be able to establish the kingdom of heaven. Thy will being done in earth as it is in heaven, right? Meat means, you know what the word meat actually means? I'm going to teach for a minute. It means to encounter. Everybody say encounter. The kingdom cannot be established through men who have learned about Jesus, nor can the kingdom be established by men who have benefited from the principles of Jesus. The kingdom can only be established by men who have encountered Jesus. Amen. Our problem is we want to learn something from somebody who never encountered him, just learn how to use and benefit from what he now preached. But the kingdom of heaven can only be established by people who have now met them, went out to meet, and I'm going to deal with that in a minute, but who have encountered the bridegroom, who stood face to face with the bridegroom, who felt the fire burning in his eyes in their heart, who felt his presence radiating on their spirit. Amen. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, watch this, and went forth. We can change that now and addend that. Who went forth to encounter, everybody say encounter, the bridegroom. Now, this is where it gets real good. He's not talking about experiencing random encounters with Jesus. You know, during church, I just had this Something happened to me. I felt this. This happened. I was walking one day and God just came in. We were in praise and worship and God just fell. He's not talking about random encounters with Jesus that happened during special moments. Maybe when we have special prayers. Jesus is referring to intentional encounters. He's referring to intentional encounters. He's not referring to people who have encountered him random, randomly. Amen. Uh, he's saying those are now the ones that can be the stewards of the kingdom of heaven. The, so what I'm trying to say is this, please follow me. The kingdom of heaven can only be advanced by those who know how to have intentional encounters. Everybody say intentional encounters by those who know how to have intentional encounters with Jesus, not random encounters with Jesus. They know how to get up in the morning and meet, y'all hear me, the bridegroom. They're not just getting up in the morning, it's my prayer time, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. No, I'm going to encounter Jesus in these 15 minutes. They know how to lift their hands in the middle of their work day and not just lift it for the sake of lifting it, but lift it because they're going to encounter Jesus. Their encounters are not based off of randomness 
Jesus, their encounters are very much intentional. I know when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to encounter Jesus. I know at lunch at 12 o'clock, I, I don't know when he's going when you when when I'm going to encounter him. You can't establish the kingdom. You got to know when you're going to encounter him because you know how to light yourself. Glory be to God. You know how to trim your lamp. You know you don't you don't wait on somebody to light your wick. But when you advance the kingdom, you know how to get a match and light yourself. My God, it's 12 o'clock and I don't need a song. I don't need a keyboard. I'm going to light myself. My God, it's 5 a.m. in the morning. I don't need a provoking. I don't need nobody to tell me to seek him. I'm going to trim my own lamp. Those who establish the kingdom have intentional encounters. Do y'all understand we can encounter Jesus right now? We don't have to wait for him to come. We're gonna make up, we can make up our mind, we're gonna meet him. All you gotta do is light your lamp. All you glory be to God. All you gotta do is be able to light yourself, and you can meet him anytime you want to meet him. You can encounter him anytime you want to encounter. We had an encounter with God today. We can have an encounter with God every time we get together. But the problem is, they're foolish virgins that don't know how to light themselves. They're waiting on an ignition instead of lighting a match themselves. God, I wish I could preach up in here. Amen. They are now people who establish the kingdom can give an on-demand praise that brings an encounter. There's some people, if we say give God praise, that are going to give God praise. There are other people right in our midst that are going to give God praise and encounter God. My clap ain't just a clap. My clap is a match. My thank you ain't just a thank you. My thank you is lighter fluid. I'm not lifting my hands just because you lifted my hands. When I lift my hands, something get lit. My lamp. I ain't talking about you. My lamp. Amen. So, so this is what we got to understand. The kingdom is like sons and daughters who know how to host intentional encounters with Jesus. They know how to go and meet him. Off a word that he's coming. I wish I could preach right right there. He ain't got to see nothing. All they got to hear is he's coming. My God. And then they know how to like themselves and say, I'm about to bless this God and I'm about to encounter this God that's coming. I'm about to give this God glory that's coming. Every time. See, the only thing it takes to encounter God as now a son and daughter is to know that he's, he's coming now. Glory be to God. He said that there should be a voice that says he's coming. And at glory, the sound of the voice of one saying he's coming now those who now can now have intentional encounter like themselves I'm here to tell you something right now he is not the one that's going to come he is the one who is was and is to come that means he's coming right now that means he, oh glory be to God that means he's always coming and if he's always coming then I can always encounter him if I'm willing to learn how to light myself. And, and so now 
Jesus is referring to intentional encounters made possible by lighting our lamp. It's not believers who, he is not talking about believers who had once in a lifetime encounters and don't know when they're going to have the next one. These are not the believers he's talking about. He's talking about the believers that know how to have an encounter. Amen. He's talking about believers that know how to have on-demand encounter. Amen. So, so sons and daughters who encounter Jesus intentionally, and there's only one reason why, because they know how to light their own fuse of fire or passion for Jesus. Amen. And at midnight. And at midnight, there's a cry made in the middle of your night. God, while it's dark all around you, there's a cry. And at midnight, when the bills ain't paid. And at midnight, when the family ain't together. And at midnight, when you don't know how it's going to be solved, there's a cry made. And those who are wise understand, even when it's dark, I'm going to light myself and I'm going to have an encounter with Our problem is we want to have encounters when it's in the day. But and at midnight. That's what the kingdom is like. I'm trying to help you understand those who can advance the kingdom. Amen. Glory be to God. You can encounter God with pain in your body. My God, when you're a wise virgin, you can encounter God when folk ain't talking to you. When you're a wise virgin, you can encounter God when they just said they're about to take something from you. When you're a wise virgin. And at midnight, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out to encounter him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Listen to me closely. Living in the dimension called intentional encounter. You are not supposed to be wondering when you're going to encounter God. God actually gives us access to a dimension called intentional encounter. When we know we're purposely going out to encounter him. But it demands we understand that we're responsible for trimming our own lamps. The, the preacher ain't responsible for lighting you. The praise team ain't responsible for lighting you. The church service ain't responsible for lighting you. Your situation ain't responsible for lighting you. You alone have the button to the fuse. You alone have the lighter in your hand. If you're lit right now or not, has nothing to do with anybody else. If you're encountering God right now, tonight has nothing to do with anybody else. I'm here to tell you right here tonight, there are people that are encountering God where there are people looking around saying, what in the world is going on? Because there's some foolish and wise virgins. There's some people that came in here and understood. I don't need nothing in church to like me. I'm going to like myself. I'm going to come in the house of God in the multitude of his mercies, and I'm going to bless his name. I, I know how to light my own praise. I know how to light my own hand clap. I know how to light my own exaltation. I will bless. I gotta feel, I gotta feel nothing. And if the truth be told, I always feel something.
feel something. But sometimes you got to put a veil on your face for people who want to be normal. Amen? We must understand how to light the fuse of our own passion. When we do, we can begin living the lifestyle of intentional encounter and no longer live in the spiritual poverty of waiting on random encounters. Amen? The kingdom is understanding we have control over our encounters with the king by way of our own personal passion. The more we learn how to trim our own lamps, the more we can go out and encounter the bridegroom. Amen? Now watch this. Share a couple of things with you that stood out to me about this. If you go to, um, switch gears a little bit. If you go to Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 8. We don't need more rules. We need another. We need a moment. Matthew 25 and 8. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps are what? Going out. Five foolish virgins, watch this, needed somebody to give them a light because they lacked the necessary personal passion for Jesus to light themselves for, and for that they could not enter into a lifestyle of intentional encounter with Jesus. See, this is what I need you to understand. This parable isn't about them being able to now, this parable isn't about um, them being able to go to heaven. That's what we got to understand. Now, there is some parables as it progresses, it talks about eternity. But this one is dealing with earth. This parable is about them being able to intentionally encounter Jesus. And, and, and if they were to encounter him, amen, they must encounter him before they get to the marriage. Ultimately, the encounter was to precede the marriage from which the door was shut. Right? What's marriage about? Two, becoming what? One. There has to be a passion to encounter him before we can ever qualify to be one with him. The people who were the five foolish virgins that were locked outside of the marriage were the people who were locked outside of ever being one with Christ. They had to watch other folks be married but never be married themselves. They had to watch other people abide in his word and his word abide in them and whatsoever they ask it happened. They had to watch other people now radiate the image of God and influence and release the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. They had to watch other people but they themselves were locked out of the marriage. They would always speak his name but they would never be able to be one with him. Amen? They were locked outside of it because they were foolish virgins who did not know how to light themselves. The five foolish virgins, get this now, the five foolish virgins were in the midst of five wise virgins. They were in the midst of believers living in intentional encounter while they themselves were locked outside of intentional encounter. So they, they literally were around people. They were watching the five wise virgins go into intentional encounter. 
while they themselves were locked out. I see it every week. There are people that go into intentional encounter and other people looking at them and saying, I wonder why they feel like that. Why don't that happen to me? Why don't that, why aren't I ever touched like that? Even to the point where people get uncomfortable because there are people that are having encounters while other people are so out, locked outside of the experience that they're uncomfortable sitting there, amen, because I am not feeling nothing, I am not being touched by nothing, and nothing is really happening to me. The foolish virgins were sitting there watching the wise virgins actually encounter God himself and they themselves could not do it because they did not know how to trim their own lamps. One reason they lacked the net, the, the, the one reason why they could had to watch other people have encounters that they themselves couldn't have is because they lacked the necessary personal devotion to light themselves. So they sat up there and watched other believers meet Jesus while they themselves were locked outside of the encounter. Do you know that happens every week in churches all across this world? Men watch other men encounter Jesus. Not because it's a special service, not because we're hosting revival. They just worship. And before you know it, they're there. How does that happen to them week after week? How does that happen to them moment after moment? Why every time they pray do they go in? Why every time they lift their hands do they go in? Why is it always an encounter? Because you have someone there that understands, I got to trim my own lamp. I'm responsible for my own fuse. I got to light my own wick. Even when it's midnight. Where there is a person who's willing to light themselves, there's an encounter that can be predictable. I will encounter God when I wake up in the morning for sure. Because I'm going to wipe the crust out my eyes. I'm going to brush my teeth and put some scope in it. Because I'm going to be opening my mouth to him and I don't want him to think my breath stank. I'm playing. And I'm going to sit at my desk. And I'm going to light my fuse. Oh. I'm going to lift my hands. Oh. I'm going to bless his name. Oh. I'm going to thank him for how good he is. I'm going to bless him because there's nobody like him. My God, I'm going to praise him for my family. I'm going to thank him for my beautiful wife and how long she's going to live and how nothing shall be able to draw nigh her dwelling place and my children. I'm going to light my fuse and I'm going to come out of that office glory with a glory on my, I already know, with a revelation in my heart, with wisdom from God, with direction for the day. I've already encountered and I will tonight, I will in the morning, I will on the road, I Because when you learn how to light yourself, you can have predictable encounters. You can. I'm waiting on something to blow. What you waiting on? I'm waiting on something to move me. Light yourself. Trim your lamp. The bridegroom is coming. 
Right now, he's coming. The, oh, glory. Trim your lamp. Light yourself. The bridegroom is coming. Amen. Now watch this. And so this is so key. Matthew chapter 25, verse 8 and 9, it says this. And I'm going to read it. It says, and the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps are what? Give us of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. Whew. He said, no, 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 not so. No one believer can give another believer a light. I can't give you a light. You remember when we used to smoke, if you, glory be to God. You know when we used to be out there and we used to smoke, do parts and stuff like, man, we would have something to smoke, but we wouldn't have no lighter. Man, you got a light, and we would give each other lights. Here you go. Glory be to God. You, you got this. But in the kingdom, nobody can light and make you smoke. My God, if you're going to smoke, you won't have to have your own light. No, no, no. There's not enough for us and for you. A personal, we're talking about personal passion. A personal passion for Jesus that enables an individual to like themselves and live a life of intentional encounter. If someone who can like themselves attempts to try to help someone else who is unwilling to pursue a deep enough devotion to like themselves, the believer that's living in intentional encounter will lose their self-lighting status. I don't have enough for me and you. I cannot pay the price for you to cut off the TV and me. I cannot pay the price for you to get off social media and me. I cannot pay. I will now lose my ability to have intentional encounter trying to pay a price for you and you don't value it enough to pursue it. It ain't enough for me and you. It ain't enough for me and you. If I, if I diminish my personal devotion to help you get one, I'll lose my personal devotion. It ain't enough for me and you. I can preach to you, but I can't light your lamp. Only you can. My God, I'll give you enough ammunition. You got, you got more than enough ammunition to light it, but can't nobody light it for you. We can't pay for what others refuse to pursue. Stop trying to, I just want you to want God. And guess what happens to you? You stop wanting God. I just want you to seek him. And guess what happens? You stop seeking him. I just want you to want God like I want God. And then you don't want God. Why? Because there's not enough for me and you. I know I'm in the house right now. If we try to give someone fire from our personal devotion because they lack a commitment to personal devotion, we'll diminish the flame of our own personal devotion. In order for us to keep our personal fire, we can't try to make up for believers' unwillingness to steward their own personal fire. There is not enough for me and you. You got to get your own. Many times, many times we're pulled out of intentional encounter trying to light a flame for somebody who doesn't even care about having one. 
light a flame for somebody who doesn't even properly value encounter. Once you've had encounters every day, you don't know what to do without them. Yo, what, did, what, what would I do if I didn't encounter God? What would life be if he took his spirit away from me? I can understand the prayer of David like never before now. I can understand, God, whatever you do, don't take your spirit. I get the plan for the day from his face. I see his face and he tells me my day. Because my life is in his face. If five wise virgins loan a light, get this now. This is what messed me up. Think about this. If the five wise virgins loan a light to the five foolish virgins, all ten of them get locked out. Wouldn't nobody have made it in because it wasn't enough for both of them. Now listen to what now uh, the, 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 the five foolish virgins, what their response is. But I want to implore you tonight, you got to learn how to say yes to lighting yourself. I'm upset right now. Light yourself. I'm discouraged right now. Light yourself. I don't feel like blessing God. Light yourself. I'm tired. Light yourself. You'll be surprised how much the fire can deal with. You'll be surprised how many things the fire can deal with. Watch this. And so, I'm going to read verse 8. Start with verse 8. It says, and the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps are what? Going out. Amen. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. Is that what your Bible says? And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was what? Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. The door, please understand what that door being closed speaks of. They were in earth. They were in earth. You enter the marriage in earth. You don't enter the marriage in heaven because no one will be given in marriage in heaven. You're just one in heaven. Read the Bible. There are no marriages in heaven. No man will get, there will be no marriages, right? So when you're dealing with marriage, you're dealing with earth. He now, I know you not. The door being closed speaks of being closed off or not being permitted to enter into the things of heaven that are operating in the earth that other believers have entered into all because of a lack of a necessary flame needed to encounter him. They are not closed off from heaven. They're closed off from heaven on earth. They are watching other people enter into stuff that they cannot enter into, even though they're asking Jesus to allow them to enter into it. I see the peace on their life. 
and I know you gave it to him, God, let me in, and God won't, oh, glory be to God. I see the blessing on their marriage. I want that on my marriage too. Let me in, and God says, the door, hear what I'm saying, the door is closed. I see the joy that they walk in. Why can't I have joy like that? Let me in, and God says, the door is closed. I see the favor they have on their life. I know that's from heaven. Let me in. I want deliverance and liberty like that. I see God transforming them. I know they're not the same. I see how they're growing and appearing in the God. Let me in. And the door is closed. It's closed to the lukewarm. It's closed to the casual Christian. It's closed to the church attending believer. It's closed to the person who depends on the praise team. It's closed to the person who has church when they actually get to the church building. It's closed. Why can't I enter into that? Because you don't know how to light yourself. You don't trim your lamp. You can't have it. There's heaven on earth right now that some of you are looking at other believers to enter into that you've asked to enter into that you've been forbidden, forbidden to enter into and you've been asking why. I'm giving you the answer right now. You got a wick that you are not lighting. My God, you're a stick of dynamite waiting to explode. You got a praise in you that's uncontrollable if you would just learn how to light yourself. I know the wick is long. See, for some of us, the wick is longer than others because you ain't lit yourself in so long. So your wick is real long. You got to light it and let it burn for a while. But there's some of us that light ourselves so much the wick is about this short. By the time you say thank before you can get to you, man, I'm already in all of this glow. You will not be permitted in because you see other people enter. If he did it for them, he'll do it for me. Oh, no, he won't. Not if you don't trim your lamp. If God blessed their marriage, he's going to bless my marriage the same way. Oh, no, he won't. Not if you don't trim your lamp. Man, how can he walk in consistency? If God can give him consistency like that, he'll give me consistency. Oh, no, he won't. Not if you don't trim your lamp. And not if you don't learn how to have intentional encounter. That is for those who know how to meet the bridegroom on demand. This is about the kingdom. If God will anoint them like that and raise them up to be able to touch people's heart, he'll do it for me too. I know he won't. Not if you don't trim your lamp. Many of us have said that and still sit on the outside looking in. Because the difference is the fact that you're waiting on something to light you. And my God, my, my thank you is a lighter. Your hallelujah is a lighter. Your hand clap is a lighter. Your lifting of your voice is a lighter. What we got to understand is the difference between those who enter into the kingdom. Heaven is on earth right now. Heaven is here 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 right now. now. There's no depression right now. There's no divorce right now. 
there's no birth defects right now. There's no children out of wedlock right now. Glory be to God. There is no mental illness right now. There is no sickness right now. How much of that we enter into hinges on our willingness to trim our lamp by knowing the bridegroom is my God, he's coming. My God, he's coming. My God, he's coming. My God, he's coming. He's not just coming tomorrow. He's coming tonight. He's coming in the morning. He's coming at work. He's coming when you get off. He's coming when you cook dinner. He's coming. Trim your lamp and encounter the bridegroom. He's always coming. They were laughing at me because I grilled. Boy, they had a my family. I love my family. Cortland and Rodney, they were laughing at me because I was out there flipping the food, right? And, man, I was gone. I'm just out there singing. I'm worshiping. I came in. Cortland said, I know that food going to be good. You done put all the glory on it. <laughs> you put all the, but they understood what I was what I was I had an encounter while I was flipping my God God be the God I, I, no 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 you try to wait for church but he's coming right now he, oh glory while you are seasoning he's coming while you're flipping he's coming light your trim your lamp Stop waiting on somebody to like you. There's not enough for me and you. Amen. So watch this. Watch this. And it says here this. He says, Did you ever tell your neighbor, God has given us an on-demand burn? I got, I got fire on demand. My God, hallelujah. Glory be to God. I got fire on demand. You know, we can have fire church every time. That's by demand. It says this in verse 10, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. What? What does the marriage speak of, y'all? Oneness. It is now the expression of earth where heaven and earth are one. Where the church and Christ are one. It said those who knew how to like themselves and trim their lamps went in to the marriage. And so the earth got to witness the oneness of the church and Christ through them. The same healings that happened when Christ walked the earth happened when you walked through their pulpits. Come on. The same blinded eyes that were open in his day are open when they're around. Come on. Uh, when you walk in there, glory be to God, everybody is anointed. All the demons are subject to everybody from the back to the front. Glory be to God. The same that, that people can look at the oneness of that church and see the witness of Christ and the works that he did and even greater works. And he said, while wow, there's others that will be locked out saying, God, 
I, I, want to, I, want, I want to be a blessing. I want to operate in the greater works. I want to have signs following me. I, I want to be a witness and a testimony. And God said, I'm going to lock you out. Because you want something you ain't willing to burn for. So you actually are saying you want something you really don't want. Because ain't no spirit without no fire. Spirit without fire equals entertainment. Amen. Now watch this. What is everything that I'm teaching about tonight concerning trimming our lamp, concerning intentional encounter? What is that all tied to? You know what all that's tied to? Watching. You know that's how he concluded and brought everything. Jesus summed everything up. Watch, therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour wherewith the Son of Man cometh. Watching isn't what I do with my eyes. Watching is what I do with my heart. Watching is, I, I, I don't watch what I see. I watch what I believe. And, and, and he said, watch me. He said, those who are watching. The reason why so many believers aren't burning on demand is because they're not watching. What are we watching? Wars and rumors of wars. What are we watching? CNN. Dorian. We got to get ready. The storm is coming. Because we don't know we are now the storm rebuker. So we spend more time. It would make more sense for us if we have been empowered to rebuke the storm to spend more time looking at the verses when Jesus rebuked the storm than watching CNN to see the path of the storm. Why would I watch his path when I can direct its path? I'm not going to spend all my time watching the path of a storm that God said, if I walk in enough of his peace, I can speak to. We already did that last year. It ain't like we ain't done it before. Why aren't you talking about Dorian, Pastor? Because I don't already talk to Dorian. I wonder if anybody's been doing it with me. God Almighty, I didn't already. I did not pray about Dorian. I spoke to Dorian. I did not cover Dorian. I covered Christ. My God. I I didn't spend my time for 30 minutes saying, oh, Dorian. I spent 30 minutes saying, God, you have the world in your hands. You poured out the seas with your hand. The nations are but dust of a balance unto you. The stars are rebuked by your sight. And I speak to Dorian right now. And I command Dorian to turn back. I cover Christ. I speak to obstacles. Amen. Bless the Lord. I wonder if there's anybody that'll come into agreement with me that over the next day we're not going to have anything greater than a glorified storm. I wonder if there's anybody that'll shout for it. Come on. I wonder if there's anybody that'll praise God that Dorian even has to bow its wind to the name of Jesus. That Dorian has to bow its rain to the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, everything that the, the devil messed up when he gave it a name. Because if it got a name, it got a bow. Don't give it a name. And so, Father, right now we come into agreement. 
that the path of the storm is shifting again. It's shifting further out from the coastline that Ori County will not be hit the way that the newscasters say it will be hit, that there will be no loss of life, no loss of house, and no loss of substance. Dorian, we command you now to be turned out into the sea. Now I need about 25 people because this is all we're going to do and we're going to move on. I need about 25 people that know we We give you permission to be a glorified thunderstorm at the best. Come on, Sunday. My God, I got I got to go to work tomorrow. I'm trying to work. You getting in my way. Glory to the name of Jesus. Watch this. Watch this. And so now, look at, I'm, I'm going to read verse 10 again. And while, and, and see, we're moving on. Guess what we ain't going to talk about no more? Because we already spoke to it. Now I go back on watch. I watch him. I don't watch the news to see it. Matthew 25 and 10, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. The initial issue is that they were trying to borrow from the people who had the oil instead of submit to the people who had the oil. Now, I'm going to deal with leadership. Now, you know they got oil you ain't got. But instead of submitting to the one with the oil, I would rather borrow from the one with the oil. In other words, I'm going to steal principles, revelations, and perceptions that I am not being given because I don't burn hot enough to get. So I am going to now hijack your devotional revelatory lifestyle and the fruit that it produces instead of sitting up under you long enough to learn how to burn like that myself. Let me borrow from you because I ain't going to sit up under you even though I ain't got what you got. This speaks of leaders who want to borrow oil from a leader instead of come up under one. There are leaders who know that they don't have the oil, but instead of submitting to one who does, they would rather borrow revelation, borrow insight, and borrow perspectives from one who is living in a realm of intentional encounter. What I preach, I don't get from studying. I get from now encounter. It don't take long enough to listen to it to figure out you ain't going to get that reading it. You listen to it long enough, you're going to figure out I could have read that a hundred times and never would have got that. I know for sure, because that came out of a joining. But instead of following what produced it, I just want the fruit from it. I want to be able to grab the fruit and give it to people without having the root that actually produced it. They would, so, so now they would rather borrow oil instead of submitting to one operating in the oil. Listen to me closely. In the kingdom, we can't 
borrow the oil. We must sit under someone with the oil. I'm going to say that again. In the king, I don't care how many books you got, you can't borrow the oil. You can borrow their perspectives. You can borrow their ideas, but you cannot take the oil from which they printed those things on that page. Uh, so, so now those who attempt to borrow the oil instead of submit to the anointed will find themselves locked outside of the dimension of heaven that is actually functioning in earth. Heaven is in earth right now, but there are believers locked outside of it. That's why believers say we always going to have a struggle because you haven't entered into the part of heaven on earth where his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Since you haven't entered into that yet, now what happens is people who have, you are asked to enter in and when you find yourself locked out, instead of just saying, I don't know you, like I thought I knew you, I'm going to say what? I'm going to say, well, God does different things with different people. He has one person over here and he has one person over here. He has one person that has a struggle like this and a struggle. He has one person that learns like this and another person that learns. No, my Bible says he brings all of them into one marriage. He ain't got 10 different weddings. But when I'm locked out, I got two choices. Repent for not knowing them like I acted like I did or say there got to be another way. Which one is it? It just depends on if you got Pharisee blood in you or you got prodigal blood in you. What, how you see that? Amen? While they were going to buy the door was shut and they were not permitted to enter into the kingdom, not heaven. That's later. The reason why God doesn't allow us to enter into the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven is so he can help us to understand we don't know him. Why? So we can repent before we die. It's actually God's grace to not allow you to benefit from a grace you see somebody else enter in and you know God has no respect to a person. It's for us to say, man, I don't know him like I act like. I didn't know him like I thought I. Now, the next parable about the pounds takes it to a whole nother level. It ain't about just on earth. I ain't got time for that. And then the next parable about the goats and the sheep. Everyone takes it to another dimension, but it all starts with heaven on earth. If I never enter into heaven on earth, it's an indication that more than likely I'm going to be on the negative side of the next two judgments that are in those parables. It's progressive. God is progressively trying to help us to understand how to enter into knowing him. Amen. While they were going out to buy, the door was shut and they were not permitted to enter into the kingdom, not heaven. It never said that they actually paid for the oil. A lot of, see, I always took it for granted when I read that, that they actually paid for the oil. They actually went and paid. But it never said they actually paid for the oil. Now, I'm not saying they did or, or they didn't, but it never said that. The reason why I point that out is, is because I don't believe that the oil can be bought. I believe you must be submitted to someone flowing in it. There are so many believers trying to buy the oil trying to get for sale what you got to submit for. 
It's not a sale, it's a submission. This is the key. There are people out there that will attempt to sell you what you can actually only submit for. We can't buy oil, but there are plenty of people selling it. Y'all know that, right? People, there's plenty of people that will sell you principles, sell you systems, sell you strategies, sell you one, two, three, four, five. Plenty of people out there. Right? You can't buy it, but there's plenty of people out there saying it, selling it. Guess what? You know what blows my mind about this whole parable that I never noticed till tonight? The people that the five foolish virgins went to buy the oil from were locked out too. <laughs> As they were going to buy it from those who sold it, the door was locked. So the people actually selling the oil to the people that's trying to, they didn't enter into the kingdom either. Anybody that's selling the oil will not enter into the, this is not bought and sold. This is not manipulated. This is not marketed. It is a surrender of life and now it is a, 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 a commitment to say, God, I'll stay lit for you. I will not stay lit for the Dolphins. I will not stay lit for the Lakers. I will not stay lit to travel. I will not stay lit for money. But if you say, Jesus, I'm all in. I don't care where we at. Let's go. I don't care what we do. Let's do this. I don't, if you want to lift your, let's lift our hair. If you want to bless the Lord, let's bless. There's only one thing that I'll light in any moment for. Can I say it this way? There's only one thing that all of us will light at any moment for. Come on. His name is Jesus. Now, they were locked outside of having holy impact. That's what they were locked outside of. You know what thy kingdom come is? What is the most prevalent characteristic of God that permeates heaven? Holy. That's one thing you always hear people, because in heaven, the, the most magnified characteristic that permeates the, the heavenly realms, that stands out with God on his throne, is he's holy, right? As heaven enters earth, you know what happens? You begin to have holy impact. You begin to bring people into a singleness that they never even saw, but all of a sudden they begin to hunger for. They begin to want God like in ways they never wanted God before. They want to seek God. They want to turn stuff off, turn away from stuff, give stuff up. Glory be to God. And, and, and glory be, and can I get a witness up in here? You know what that is? That's holy impact. That's heaven entering earth. Because in heaven, one character, holy. In heaven, holy. Tonight, I sense the Lord inviting us to trim our lamps. Everybody stand to your feet.
Glory to the name of Jesus. We're about to live. We are being invited into a lifestyle tonight of trimming our lamps, of, 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 of saying yes to lighting ourselves. Oh, that God is inviting us into a place of intentional encounter. Man, it's, a, it's amazing to encounter God. It's really amazing to encounter him on demand. It's really amazing to know when I open my mouth, when I lift my hands, when I sing unto the Lord, when I bless his name, when I give my body in a posture of worship unto him, that I'm going to encounter him in my heart. I'm going to encounter him in my mind. I'm going to encounter him in my body. I'm going to encounter him in my energy. I'm going to encounter him in my disposition. I'm going to encounter him in my perspective. Every dimension of who I am will encounter him, and there's no way I can come out of an encounter and be like I was before I started. The one who has encounter on demand becomes an encounter himself or becomes an encounter. What happens when we understand we're ultimately called to be a God encounter? Because we live in encounter. Because we're not foolish enough to think that somebody else has to light our wick. But we can trim our own lamps. We're not foolish enough to believe that we have up Sundays and down Sundays. My God, every Sunday is high fire. Because that ain't got nothing to do with God. That has everything to do with us saying, yes, we're going to trim our lamp. And if we trim our lamp, we're going to encounter it. We're going to meet him. Meeting him is a decision, not rolling craps. You ain't got to get 7-Eleven to have the presence of God. You, you ain't got to get, it's not a slot machine. Let's clap and see if it happens this time. God never intended his presence to be like that. It's for those who know how to trim their lamp. I'm telling you, if you get up in the morning for him, he's going, he's going to show himself in the morning for you. If you go on your lunch break for him, my God, if you, you're going to learn that you got meat that man knows not of. Father God, we thank you. If you're here today,